Okay, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So we just finished talking about the testimony in Ottawa yesterday, the country's big grocery store CEOs on the hot seat getting grilled by these MPs. And I thought it was very interesting. And I thought it was funny because... Jugmeet Singh, you knew this, this was his moment. He really wanted to go after <laughs> Always, these yeah, CEOs. It's right in the DNA for the federal NDP, go after the CEOs oh, of yeah. any company. Oh, yeah, go after them for their, their big, excessive yeah. profits well, here. Your, your guest you just had on, I always have a lot of time for it, points out that it's much more complex uh, and a lot of moving parts here when it comes to food prices rather than just uh, what uh, Jugmeet calls excessive profits. Like, as your guest pointed out, how do you define that? Well, right. Excessive. He, I mean, he kept asking these CEOs, how much is too much profit? What kind of question is that? Yeah, like, if you're I, in private uh, business, I'm not I'm sure how a CEO is supposed to answer profit. that. So I think the onus would be on Jagmeet Singh to say, define what, is, what define what excess profit is. Okay, let's listen to a little bit of it here. So here is the federal NDP leader, Jagmeet Singh, going toe-to-toe here with Galen Weston, CEO of Loblaws. Does we are actively losing money on core commodities, um, you know, milk, vegetable oil, butter, uh, certain cheeses, um, and all kinds of items in every single, every, every day of the week. So we are working hard on behalf of Canadians. You, you've still not been able to answer this basic question. Then when a family that's struggling right now looks at your profit, you know, how much profit is too much profit? How much is enough? Like you're making more than you've ever made ever. I'm not sure how easy he's supposed to answer that question. I'm not, you know. <laughs> well, I'm interested if Mr. Singh were to answer that question, too. Yeah. Set the bar. Uh, what, is, what is excessive profit? It's an interesting question. I'm not sure. No one has put a figure on this yet. And it was interesting to listen to Weston's testimony and others as well about how they're losing money on a lot of grocery store items, but they're making money on other things. Well, so he says. So he says. I mean, it, I again, mean there's, says, a, there's you're, no. You're losing money on milk and cheese, really? Yeah. I don't, well, it's it's, know. it's an interesting. It's, and again, it's not just confined to Canada. Uh, you're seeing this, well, right across the country, but also parts of the states. You know, the price of various vegetables. California's the bread basket, Ukraine's the bread basket. And for different reasons, both are basically hemorrhaging. Uh, product because of course the war in Ukraine, but also severe drought in California, where so much lettuce comes from, and the price of lettuce has just skyrocketed in the last year. So we get our we get our produce and our groceries from a number of places, but in many ways from the states, Mexico and Israel is a main supplier of BC, and they're all having problems. I'm not sure where this is going to go. Like it is interesting to hear these CEOs testify, and there's going to be more hearings on this. Singh has been talking about, oh, we want you to bring in an excess profit tax on these companies. That'll teach them. I don't see I, is that, that happening. How does that work? I don't see that happening. And again, yeah. Singh's got no power to do that. He's not going to force the Trudeau government to do that. Yeah. Uh, every day is another test of this, this, this agreement between the NDP and the Liberals. And the NDP federally keeps rattling swords. Oh, you know, this a deal breaker. There's never going to be a deal breaker between those two parties. You don't, okay, so you don't think that Jugmeet Singh and the NDP would ever pull their support for Trudeau and the Liberals and force an election? I think they would only do it on the eve of the next election. Yeah. They're not going to do it a year not out. Not now. Not now. Um, the what NDP, about China, though? No, I don't think so. I, I think the NDP has never been in a position of more potential influence than they are now federally. Now, there's a bit, what, the longer the BC NDP remain, is in government, the more uh, it becomes apparent there's a fundamental difference between provincial NDP, which has aspirations, genuine, realistic aspirations of actually forming government, 
and the federal NDP, which has no chance of forming government. The reason I bring up China, and I'm talking about the, China, the, the reports of Chinese state mm-hmm. interference in Canadian elections, which I think is a, is a problematic story for Trudeau, because the story just has legs, as they say in the news business, it just keeps yep. going. And Jagmeet Singh and the other opposition leaders have been calling for a public inquiry into this, and Trudeau is not going to do a public inquiry. Not yet. He's announced this federal, this private review mm-hmm. by a rapporteur, whatever that is. <laughs> so here's, listen to this now. This is Trudeau yesterday in Ottawa, and I thought this was an extraordinary scrum with reporters here. And you'll hear the reporters trying to pin him down about what he knew and when he knew it on this Chinese state meddling. And then listen to Trudeau kind of bob and weave and not answer the question. Have a listen. What did you know about Chinese government funding of election candidates and when did you know it and what did you do about it then? When the did process you know? around this remains uh, something that we have to make sure is looked at by parliamentarians and by experts who have proper security clearances. I understand the extent to which Canadians have very real questions about this. Okay, and it goes on from there, and he never answers the no, question. No, he never answers the question. Uh, I don't think he will answer. He will not be specific on this. Um, he's hoping this plays out, as we say, uh, plays out of the news cycle, yeah. and, uh, and life moves on. But as long as the House is in session, and this is going to remain front and center. Yeah, and but I it's, think... Again, it's not, it's not percolating into local news. This is a big... This is a, when I analyze how big stories are... It's one thing on the national stage, but most people consume news at the local stage. And until it starts permeating into that level, it's not going to be the huge problem that it could become for him. (laughs) Well, we had a a local angle on it in Vancouver with Kenny Chu, uh, the former conservative MP who was defeated in Richmond, and a lot of allegations and evidence of Chinese Communist Party state interference against him in Richmond. Now, that's a local angle. But, but it didn't get extensive coverage. Well, and there's a lot of other big cities like Toronto where they didn't have, you know, there, there, are, there are sort of isolated pockets where this stuff definitely happened, I think. Well, so it's a problem that's becoming bigger for Trudeau than smaller. And again, I think he's just trying to play for time here, hoping that this so-called independent investigation unearths something or doesn't unearth something. And the news cycle moves, but yeah. right now he's in, he's on the defensive yeah. uh, in the House of Commons and in front of the in front of the media. And until some questions are answered, the story is going to continue to remain there. Okay, let's talk about the story. You talked about this last night in the Global News Hour, and the provincial NDP government sitting on that big surplus, and they gave out those those billion minis- dollars to municipalities. That's a lot of money to municipalities. And uh, the Premier, E.B., uh, clarified yesterday, uh, after Surrey announced they were going to take their $90 million and factor it into their system and reduce their tax increase from 17.5% to 12.5%, the question is, well, will other municipalities do that? Because a lot of other municipalities are looking at double-digit uh, property tax increases. Vancouver, 10.7%. Vancouver's getting $49 million dollars. That wasn't there when they came up with the 10.7% uh, property tax increase. So will other municipalities follow suit and take that money um, and put it against their services and operations and bring their tax increase down? Right. So you've got Vancouver 107 Victoria 9%, Prince George 8%, Port Moody I think is 11%. 
um, a whole bunch of municipalities in in, um, in BC. Lake Country is 17% outside Kelowna. Well, they take this unprecedented funding from Victoria and bring down their property tax increases. And EV had a warning to them saying, well, if you do that, you can do it if you want. So there's but no you, strings attached to this money. They can do there, that if they want. There's a real heavy um, advice from Victoria to put it into infrastructure, one-time funding, and primarily build housing. That's This is yeah. the carrot, is to build housing now. Here's free money. Build housing. Build Don't housing. put it into existing services. The problem with that, this money's not going to be there next year. Yeah. And if you put it into services now, what's going to fund those services next year? And will that result in layoffs? Okay, well, let's listen to EB on this point. He was asked about this. Here's the Premier. We are requiring that the local government have the money in a segregated account uh, so that the people in the community can see how that money is spent. The downside of spending that money on operational costs versus capital costs uh, is that those operational costs are going to show up again next year. Uh, and so we're really encouraging uh, cities, regional districts to use this money for capital, and in particular, uh, round growth. Yeah, so it, pretty much saying what you said there, that, look, don't spend this on operating pressures to re- just to do a one-time tax re- reduction. You're kicking the can down the road. Yeah. So you say you reduce, so Surrey reduces tax increase from 17 to 12% this year. What about well, next year? Next year is probably going to be 17% because if they've factored in their existing budget to produce a 17% increase and they're using $90 million to reduce it, well, that $90 million is gone. It's not there year. next it's year. Not it's there not, next not year. an annual grant. This is grant. a one-time yeah. extraordinary grant right. to municipalities and primarily to build capital and the emphasis from Victoria is build housing. <laughs> yeah. Because if you recall, the Housing Act that came in last fall will give the power to the housing minister to overreach municipalities and require housing to be built. And the municipalities have to find money from other pockets rather than this one. Go ahead. Um, Let's go right to your phone calls here. We got uh, Mike in Surrey. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey, I think uh, I think what they've done with this one-time payment is really, really good, actually, because I'm in Surrey. We've got that one-time transition cost that are going to occur whether we go to the RCMP or back to the RCMP or whether we go to the uh, new municipal service. So applying that $90 million that we get to our one-time transition costs, I think is money very well spent. And she may very well have just saved her bacon uh, by doing this. I think it was a really good spot to spend the money. The other thing I would say is I wish that he would spend maybe 2 or $3 million and hire, let's say, 10 really good accountants and put them somewhere and say, well, how about we just see how these people do with the money that we do give them? Because when you just give people $90 million, $100 million here and there willy-nilly, who knows what they're going to do with it? Okay, thank you, Mike, for that. Uh, you don't, don't hear many calls calling for hiring new accountants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to his point, uh, you heard the clip from David Eby that the municipalities were required to establish a separate fund yeah. to show how this money is being spent. Not sure that the mechanics of that. As, again, there's no legislation with this, and one of the one of the criticisms the Liberals have of this, and they're being criticized for not supporting this spending and, and you know that sort of thing. But they're pointing out, and we're seeing this in the in the debates in the in the legislature over the spending. There's no seems to be no real rigorous process to establish these this money, whether it's a billion dollars for municipalities, five hundred million for ferries, uh, hundred eleven million dollars for agriculture. You know, just pick it. There's 11 ministries spending money here that weren't in the budget, and there's no rhyme or reason for some of this, and there's no no detail exactly how this is going to be spent, why the number was arrived at, like why was a billion dollars? Was it just because it's it's sexy to say it's a billion dollars? 
It's a very round number, as you yeah, pointed out it's yesterday. It's very random, and, yeah. and there's no uh, detail that goes with this. When EV says there has to be special accounts, well, that's the first time we heard of that. Mm. And there's no legislation requiring municipalities to do that. What do you think about the caller's point that he thinks that maybe Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor, saved her bacon here by reducing that tax hike? I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you, next year's I don't tax know if hike. you save your bacon by going from 17% to 12%. <laughs> yeah, like right. I said on the air yesterday, it's like instead of punching you in the head, it's punching you on the chin. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's, it's, it's still a punch. Yeah. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning, guys. Uh, you know, I was watching yesterday. I watched Galen Weston's testimony. The, yep. guy, the guy's a great speaker. He, he's spot on. He answered the question so specifically. And for Mr. Singh to sit up there and talk about greedflation, greedflation, why are you making so much money? Why are things so expensive? Well, Mr. Singh, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. You support a carbon tax, sir. We have to truck produce from whether it's Mexico, largely mm-hmm. the United, southern United States. That product has to get from point A to point B. And do you think the companies are going to suck that up? No, it's going to it's going to lie on the consumer. Did, did, did Galen did Galen Weston say that to him? Uh, I didn't necessarily see that. No, no, I don't no, think he said that. Out. I don't think he said that. He did talk him. about uh, freight costs, though. Yeah, he did talk about transportation costs and getting getting food uh, from farm to table. Uh, and Rob mentioned the carbon tax. Yeah. So we've always, you know, Gordon Campbell brought in the first carbon tax, and it was fine. Uh, but as the budget introduced makes clear it published for the first time the federal schedule that provinces yeah. have signed on of the annual increase in the carbon taxes the one in, one tax that's going to go up each and every year uh to triple yes. over the next seven years right so it is going to be it's an keep your eye on this one because the carbon tax is going to be i think the subject of debate going forward particularly when the states doesn't have a carbon tax as provinces certainly impose this tax which I think was introduced with good intentions at the beginning, but if it doesn't lead to significant emission, reductions in emissions, and so far the evidence has pointed that it's not leading to a reduction in emissions, I think this is going to become a political hot potato. Well, right, especially when it doesn't work. Like you said, yeah. we're nowhere near meeting these emission targets. Yeah, I think, not even close. I, I think you're going to see political parties who are vying to become government take a position that they'll dump the carbon tax. Dev in Vancouver. Hi, Dev. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, two quick points. Um, uh, so Jagmeet Singh, he feels my pain. And Jagmeet, I, I thank you for that. So will Jagmeet forego his pay increase on April 1st? Uh, I, and I would really appreciate, Mike, if when you have these MPs on, if you could ask that question, because I think that's very important. And it's very symbolic as well. My second point is, gentlemen, these tax increases. Let's not forget the employer health tax. Let's not yeah. forget the other taxes, provincial government taxes, which is why we have the, the, uh, these municipalities who are increasing taxes because they have to pay the employer health tax. So yeah. Yeah. let's trace it back to its origin. Government okay. does not feel my pain. Government is the cause of my pain. Okay, Dev, thank yeah, you for thanks, the call. Thanks, Dev, yeah. Uh, so the business community was looking in the budget. Um, Bridget Anderson from the Vancouver Board of Trade CEO said that was the one thing they were looking for relief on was the employer health tax. And that was the thing the NDP brought in to replace medical uh, service premiums. Uh, and no, the employer health tax is still there. Uh, that is one area of revenue that may change over time, but right now no prospects of that disappearing. 